This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, back with uh, our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. We're going to have a little different format today. And uh, by my request, I want to do a, an interview of you rather than you, me. Um, That's right. With all our interviews, where there's an objective there. And one which we have a a precious relationship as friends and as co-laborers in this ministry. We, we're always lifting each other up, and together we're trying to do that with other people. And the podcast is about lifting people up. It's about taking them to a place that takes the uh, challenges that they face to the throne of God and finding a way to find the blessing that he will give us uh, at that place. And and. You know, we have to go through personal experiences to be able to deliver truths like that. We have to, it's not about a theory about things, it's about the truth of it. Mm-hmm. And you've gone through some experiences here in the last few weeks with coronavirus. Uh, you have um, had some personal loss here. You've had some some real challenges that have come your way. And I'm, and I'm going to ask you to open up your heart. I want to ask you to show, just help help us all hear how you process through that, uh, and how are you getting through it now, and, and what you feel that is a message that you can give to people that might uh, go through the same thing that you have. Mm. So, Brian, I want to read a passage from Psalms thirty four eighteen, and I'm going to read it from the English Standard Version, and it says, "The Lord is near to the brokenhearted." and saves the crushed in spirit. That verse has meant a lot to you lately, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you tell us uh, your story for the last several weeks and uh, how this scripture processed through your life and your family and and then as well, uh, what it does for you now. Mm. Well, yeah, that's, that's a scripture that I, I quoted to my mom uh, somewhere on this journey. Um, so just, uh, I guess I'll just tell a little backstory just so people know. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> my dad, Jim Craig, um, got COVID, uh, about a little over three weeks ago. And, uh, anyway, it started out like, and I had had COVID in September. Um, and anyway, I managed it pretty well. It was just really hard flu type symptoms for me. Um, so um, anyway, my dad uh, contracted COVID and my mom too. And for my mom, it was just like a, a day or a half a day of symptoms or something like that. And she was fine. But then my dad started developing a cough and uh, and it, it, it got, it wouldn't go away. And then it started turning into shortness of breath. And uh, then we, we got them one of those pulse oximeters where they could see his, his oxygenation of his blood. And it was, it was running pretty low, low, below 90, which it's supposed to be in the 90 to 100, or not, at least most people 95 to 100. And so my mom ended up having to take him to the emergency room. And, um, and it just was this uh, three-week battle 
that just uh, there were times that we thought he's going to get better. And then um, he ended up on a ventilator and, uh, and then um, and, and his kidney started failing. We had to, we tried dialysis and we were trying, and I, I was right there with my mom every step of the way on this. And my sister flew him from England and I have a brother in Tulsa too. And anyway, we were, we were battling this whole thing out. And, uh, and then finally, uh, uh on uh, November 7th, his heart just stopped uh, that morning. And so, uh, so yeah, so we've been delivered a big blow in our family. My dad was 75 years old, same age as you, Rocky. And, uh, but he, you know, you've been through a lot of surgeries and a lot of things. My dad, fortunately, has never even been in the hospital, um, never had anything physically wrong with him, you know, uh, a little bit overweight. Um, but, uh, you know, just always been a real healthy guy. I figured, uh, I figured he had another 15 years at least in him, you know. Um, and so this has been kind of a shock to our family. And there's been, we have been crushed in spirit. We have been brokenhearted. Um, and so it's, it kind of, it's, it's been a little surreal last few weeks. Brian, it's in situations like that that um, I believe God's man, such as yourself, is able to shine, be a, a light into darkness, a light into gloom, a light of hope. Uh, but at the same time, we're just ordinary men, and uh, and we have to. If we're gonna give it away, we got we got to find it ourselves. So, tell me, um, tell us all how you uh, found comfort through this process. I mean, of course, you know we were all involved with the prayer for Jim, uh, mm-hmm. our staff, our board. Uh, we were, I mean, we were highly invested in that. And uh, so why don't you just share with us uh, the process of as this thing began to unpack and it looked like it was going to go from, you know, just a a typical thing that is weathered. And most most of these coronaviruses do not end in death. Most most of them end in uh, recovery. And you and your family are examples of that. Your mother's example of that. Your brother's an example of that. So, uh, but in your family, uh, although most people did recover, your father didn't. And there was a point when you went from that hopeful person, uh, prayerful person, expecting God to heal, that the reality began to set in that that might not be his plan. How did you process that? Well, I can tell you, this is kind of interesting. Um, So my top three spiritual gifts are, number one is intercession. So I'm a prayer warrior. Um, number two is faith. So you know me, Rocky. I'm always thinking everything's positive. All, everything's always got a chance for a positive outcome, you know, no matter what's going on. And then number three, though, is is the gift of knowledge. And that's where sometimes God allows me to know things are about to happen. He, he lets me assent. So I was in this strange space of wrestling between um, fervent prayer, you know, unbridled optimism and faith, and then yet there's a, a dreading sense that I think I knew already that it was his time that I got, God had already kind of been preparing me in a strange sort of way months before this, that, uh, that I needed to, needed to reach out to my dad, needed to, you know, connect with him more because I think I knew something was coming. It's, it's a strange kind of thing to describe, but, but there was a wrestling match between me and the Lord going on between Lord. I, I don't, I don't feel like it's his time. I mean, I feel like he's, he's always been healthy. This, how could this be his time? This, you know, this can't be right. This has got to be, uh, 
this is your time to heal him and be and show everyone in my family your healing power show them your majesty show them your your sovereignty um but then i had i had to say but lord thy will be done lord if this is your will and and jesus told us to pray for his will to be done and the only reason i can figure that he told us to, that we need to pray that is because his will is not always done so i thought if this is a case where this is not my dad's ordained time and Satan is trying to use the coronavirus to steal his life short, well, Lord, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fighting and, and using all the armors of all the armor of God to fight for his life. But if it is your will, I'll, I'll accept it. I will accept it and, and receive it. And I reached that point one particular day, like the Tuesday right before he died, where it was me and God in this little hospital chapel. And, uh, and it kind of reminds me of when Pete McKenzie talks about having those kind of conversations in some critical moments. And I, and I really just said, Lord, I trust you. If, if, if this is your will, I'll trust you. So Brian, there, there are different, different thoughts out there about a phase. And there are some people that says, well, if, if you don't get what you ask for, you don't have enough faith. Um, and there's a, there's another one that says that, if you if you pray that God's will be done, you really don't have faith. You need to be asking. And so uh, I I know what you think because you and I think the same way. But let's just talk about that. And that is, do you think it's any less faith to have faith that God's will is the best thing to be done rather than what we ask? Is that not maybe a a a, a, a deeper and stronger form of trust and faith? In God's sovereign rule, what do you think about that? Was it a compromise to pray for God's will to be done? No, no. I think I think our, our prayers have to be like that. I think it's it's we pray. We can ask anything. It's, it's, you know, he says we can ask anything, but it's kind of like in His name, according to His will, you know. And and when we pray like that, it's like saying, Lord, yeah, this is my selfish request, but I will trust you no matter the outcome. And, and, and really that is, I don't think it's any, any compromise at all because I, I have so much faith after he died. Um, this is going to really sound strange, but we got a chance to go see him, uh, see, I got to go see his body before he was cremated. And I, I had enough faith to still think he might open his eyes and pop right up. I mean, I, I mean, that's so much faith <laughs> I still had, you know, kind of like Lazarus. You know, he he died and they were all sad, but then Jesus knew he was going to raise him from the dead, you know, and, and of course we know he does raise us from the dead eternally, you know, to a better place, you know, spiritually. But, but anyway, no, I, I think, I think that's personal abandonment and absolute trust to saying, Lord, this isn't, a, you know, I'll trust whatever you decide on this. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I agree with that a hundred percent. I don't think it's any compromise. I think it's a it's getting a bigger picture. Because everybody's life is affected by somebody. And I'll be honest with you, I was 29 years old when my father, who would, would be at 65 one month from, uh, until he retired, he was killed on the job. And it was a devastating blow for me. And I, you know, for two years, I grieved. But I look back and I see that that death of my, my dad helped me to uh, enter into a deep intimacy with my heavenly daddy 
In fact, I felt like his words of communication in my heart was that from now on, I will be your daddy. And that began to be, uh, that helped me see that there was a critical uh, event for the good that happened through that. And it was difficult. And my family, I, I very rarely share that with them to say, well, it helped me because <laughs> they didn't see it that way. They lost their husband and their dad. But I think that's the bigger picture that we get, that God's sovereignty uh, and his plans are a comfort to us, even though sometimes they're very difficult. I think David said, though you slay me, I will trust you. So, uh, Brian, you mentioned uh, his time, Jim's time, several times. So I want to ask you, do you uh, believe that we are given allotted days uh, by God? Yeah, I've always, you know, in the journey, we, we discussed Psalm 139 in the very beginning of the journey when we talk about God knows. And, and uh, I've always loved that psalm, you know, and we really spend a lot of time meditating on that. And, and I've always keyed in on that one phrase where it says, um, my frame was not hidden from you and I was being made in the secret place, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of my days, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Yeah. So it's kind of all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So we um, either believe that or not. We have to, you know, we have to, we have to ask the question, do I really believe this to be the word of God, that it is meant to be interpreted exactly like that? that God formed me in my mother's womb. Now, that, that means he's, he enters into our creation at, at the time that we are conceived. And then the forming of us begins at that stage. Now, you see why Christians have such a hard time with abortion, because we feel like that it interrupts God's plan for that life. Mm -hmm. Now, the... The truth is, though, is that we have to take maybe the good, and some people say, with the bad. How many people say, well, why would God let a good person like that die? We hear that a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Why didn't he take just an evil man, a bad guy? Why does he have to use, take a young, beautiful, vibrant, healthy, and good woman or, or, or man? And yet, we go back to that 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 uh, scripture. Do we believe this? That there is, you were used the word an ordained time. There are days for us. It's in His sovereign plan. And how does that come for you, Brian? It does. It does come for me. I mean, I I just being honest. I there's times that I thought, well. Maybe he was ordained 85 years and then they were taken short, you know, because of the free will of man or because of brokenness of the world or whatever. But but again, it goes back to what we said earlier. Um, you know, we all are going to die. We're all going to die. And God knows when it is. I mean, God knows everything. And and I also think about Job and how in the book of Job, Satan had to ask permission for anything bad to happen to Job or anyone in his family, you know. and so. I think we, I believe God is sovereign. I think he knows and we exit in what this life in ways that we probably wouldn't choose sometimes, you know, we, 
if we had our own choice, we'd love to be 120 and just die in our sleep, you know, and it'd all be nice. But people exit the earth in all sorts of different ways. And so, so no, it does come for me. It does come for me to know that God's in charge and uh, that I'm not. And, uh, and I yield myself to him. So uh, sometimes we're not right now as in high risk situations, but sometimes we travel into high risk situations. I felt like that when we went into the Middle East, into Egypt, um, that we where we were entering into a higher risk than what, what we have back here in Arkansas. And so, you know, there's a, when we go to Central America, to Brazil, various places like that, you know, we're entering into higher risk. Uh, and when you do that, Brian, what is the comfort that is given to you about God's sovereignty over your life at that point? Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I feel like he's in control. I feel like we're on his mission, you know, so he if he wants us to do this, he'll he'll protect us. Um, um, yeah, so I think we shouldn't live life in fear at all. We should just know that I think I think the way I look at King Hezekiah, who was told he was going to die and he wept and cried and prayed to the Lord. And then the Lord spoke to Isaiah on his behalf and said, tell tell Hezekiah that I've given him 15 more years. I've granted him 15 more years. And so you know, it was it was healing is like an extension of life, you know. So um, but but I think God still had purposes left for Hezekiah because he was in the lineage of, of Jesus his son Manasseh, and then it went on down all the way to Jesus. So, and Manasseh was conceived in that next 15 year period. So I think as long as God's got purposes for our life, we're going to be here to fulfill them, you know? And so we just got to trust him with our days. Yeah. And, and submit his purpose Yeah, because uh, it looked like Hezekiah was not going to submit to God's purposes, but then after he granted you new life or more life, he was given new life. Yeah. found new life, found purposeful life. And I think that's the key right there is that if we're operating within God's purposes, then I don't think anything can touch us, anything can get to us, because it has to go by way of him to ask for, for permission to get to us. And that's the only way I think it works. Mm. Now, <clears throat> I, I gave the word process. Uh, I said Brian and his family are processing. And what we want to do is ask him certain questions and give him an opportunity to share how he is processing through this. So what we're seeing is the strength of God's word that's comforting you, mm -hmm. the promises that he has given you that speak directly to your heart, the purpose of taking things that are more difficult than you can handle and taking them and laying them at the foot of the throne. So let's talk about living sacrifice. Because, you know, <clears throat> we think about dying for the Lord, but, but the hardest thing is living for him. Mm. You know, as a Christian, it'd be pretty easy just to close our eyes, whatever means is taken, and then the next instance we're walking into the gates of heaven or whatever process is used, it's going to be, it's going to really be a place that we go to. It's going to be a place and we're going to be there. We're going to know we're there. We're going to know where we came from. We're going to be very aware of it. Hmm. Uh, so that'll be a good thing for a Christian. In fact, I think most Christians who have the biggest question answered in their life and they're really solidly on it. And that question is what happens to me when I die? 
if you get that nailed down, if you are totally assured of that, then you never have to fear death, do you, Brian? That's right. That's right. And and it gives you courage. It gives us courage to live life with personal abandonment and absolute trust. And we got a sovereign God who is good that's watching over us, that's right beside us. Those things, that process right there creates courage. It creates peace. And it becomes a light shining in darkness, brother. Mm. And so when people see a guy like you processing this, the loss of your dad, a very difficult time. But seeing you still shining that light of Christ, and that's a light shining in darkness. Mm. So I think the issue is that as we process life, we have to process all aspects of life. There's the birth. There's the time between birth and death. And that could be up and down, and it generally is up and down, up and down, up and down. It's never a smooth ride. It's always challenges, and sometimes it's a life of challenges. But for a believer, a follower of Christ, we're always being moved forward to understanding that this is not our kingdom. We're citizens of another kingdom. We don't put our roots down in this kingdom. If we do, if we get them too deep in this, we're going to really, really dread dying. We're going to dread that passage. We're going to feel we're going to give up things. But if we don't hold on to it, if we hold it loosely, if we place our life loosely before the Lord and says, here I am, I'm yours, Whatever days I have, I want them to be to your glory. Mm. When we do that, then I think that we would have lived our life in the best way possible. And when we face him, then we can be delighted to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. So what are your thoughts here on this as we kind of begin to wrap up with this, Brian? Why don't you just take it from here? Yeah, well, I just, you know, I just was thinking about all the things that we talk about in the journey, you know, about abiding and and, uh, journaling and self-feeding on God's word. And, you know, I just want to say, guys, this, you know, this is times like this is when all that's tested, right? Do you really believe all that stuff? Is that even valuable to you? And I can tell you, it's been immensely valuable to me because I have felt the Lord remaining with me, abiding with me through this whole process. It hasn't been the outcome I wanted. It hasn't been, there's been ups and downs, an emotional roller coaster, but he's been right by me. And, and you know, um, when I was in the thick of the battle, I was, I was struggling to find time to get in the word as much, you know, and, and Rocky, you told me years ago that sometimes God stores up all, all that word in your heart for times when you don't, can't physically get in the word or whatever, because I was having to deal with a lot of stuff going on. But then when I, since he's died and I've gotten back into my normal rhythms and I've gotten back in the word, he's been meeting me in his word every morning. And he just keeps whatever I've been doubting or fearing or troubled about. He just meets me there in his word. And he's just been, he's been ministering to me and just giving me amazing scriptures. I mean, uh, this morning it was 
Psalm 103. I encourage you guys to read it. And it's just about this, the word steadfast love was quoted like four times in Psalm 103. You know, this unwavering, steadfast means unwavering, God's unwavering love for us. And and it just blessed my soul this morning. And I was thinking that that was true. His steadfast love never left me throughout that whole deal. Never left my dad either or my mom, you know, and and I'm just so thankful that I haven't had an awareness of it and, and that I am have the spiritual eyes to see. Um, and then the other day he gave me, uh, let me just, I just want to read this because it just minute because I, part of this since he died is now I've been thinking, gosh, I'm 54. I mean, I, I don't have that much time left, you know, I mean, that's only 20 years from now, you know, and I'm thinking I'm up next, you know, and I uh, started thinking of my own mortality and all sorts of strange thoughts going through my head. And God's just been ministering to me through all that. And the other day he gave me, Revelations 21 says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And it was, you know, and I know about heaven, and, you know, I know that it's true. I believe it's true. I know we, it's not about this earth. This is just a blip, you know. Um, but, he, but God used that just to kind of get me excited about the, new, the next life and the next heaven. And there's not going to be any more this morning that I'm feeling now. There's not going to be any more pain. And uh, so... But but even more importantly to me is that God just shows me that he's there with me when he gives me verses like that in the midst of my normal rhythms of study of the word I do every morning, you know, and um, I've just felt him right, right beside me ministering to me. And even and the other thing he did this morning was he was reminding me of Paul's missionary journeys. And uh, Paul was um, around 60 years old, I think, when he finished his missionary journeys, ended up in Rome, you know, in prison and all that. And, uh, and it just kind of made me think, I want to be like Paul. I want to be excited and on the adventure of this faith, you know, to the end, you know, and, and, and Paul was a little older than me and he was still on that crazy faith adventure, getting thrown in prison and doing all this stuff. So it kind of made me excited about what might happen in the next 10 years, you know, who knows where, where God's going to take me and this ministry. And we're talking about Costa Rica yesterday and, all these exciting things happening that may go to Columbia, South America. And I don't know. I just, I, God's been giving, rebuilding an excitement about whatever days I've got left. I want to spend them on this adventure of faith. You know, Brian, I think that uh, the way we need to look at life is we look at the fact that we might have 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years left, or we might have one day and that we live like we have only one day but we don't fear the fact we only have one day. And I, I think it's a matter of we live with a, a sense of urgency, but we also are running a marathon. Every day we run that marathon uh, race that day the best we can. It's not sprinting to the end unless we see the end. And nobody sees the end. We don't see the end. We don't know when that end will be. So I'm 75 years old. I don't want 20 years left. <laughs> I'm, I don't want it. You know, the fact is, is that I'm ready. But I can tell you this. 
I would hate to have life without purpose. Mm-hmm. I would hate to spend the next year or two years or, or day without having a divine purpose that my king has given me because then I waste my life. And so I think the issue is how do we live our life? We live as good stewards. Stewardship is not about just money. That's what we always think. It's not. It's about our, our life, our time of life, our, our, our spiritual gifts. Are we reinvesting those gifts in others? It's about building God's kingdom. It's about offering words of courage. It's about it's actually being that light in darkness like you've been. And so I just tell you, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm glad to see you run your race like you are. You are going for the prize, and, and you're helping other people to run with you now. So keep it up. Thank you, Rocky. Well, and I, I, yeah, you know, I feel like through this, I had a little bit of a megaphone through Facebook and different, you know, to all my family's friends and all that. And, you know, I, I told them what I tell everybody here, you know, if you don't have an intimate abiding relationship with Christ, you know, you need to find that because that's, that's the secret. That's the secret to life, to enjoying life and, and living with purpose, you know? And so, uh, I hope, uh, you know, Lord willing, maybe somebody who witnessed this whole thing will end up going through the journey, you know, and and find what they're looking for, you know. So uh, I, I I could see God using this situation to do that very thing. So anyway, well, thank you, Rocky, for interviewing me and letting me have a have a little chance to share some of this. And uh, I, I'm sure I've got a couple blogs in me too that I'll probably be writing in the coming weeks. Uh, and it helps me process it too when I talk about it and write about it. So thank you for. For letting me and thank you for coming alongside me too so yeah well uh you've been listening to the influencers network podcast uh, we do these podcasts to just uh share the things that we're seeing uh, out there and what how god's working uh, in all different kinds of people's lives all over the country uh, all over the world really and so uh anyway we'd love to help you get plugged into a journey group or in become an influencer and you can go to our website influencers.org and we can get you plugged in so Anyway, there's other podcasts, too, under resources. You can find uh, other broadcasts we've done as well. So I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.